You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Welcome to Cannon Fodder, a behind-the-scenes look at the Glass Cannon Network. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Cannon Fodder. It is Wednesday, November 1st, 2023. And I'm your old buddy, Joe O'Brien. And I'm Troy. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. We made it, buddy. How did you survive the last 10 months? Man. Must have been brutal. 25th of December comes around, 26th, I'm still milking it, still watching Hallmark until Golden Girls hits at fucking New Year's Eve or January 1st. It's the worst, and I just go through those de- those depressive moments, and then I just remember, you know what? It'll be back. Give it time. And uh, and here we are. It's back. The, one of the greatest days of the year. Christmas season has begun. One of the greatest days of the year, meaning November 1st, not December yes. 25th. Let's oh, be yeah, clear. no. I, I think I like November 1st way more than December 21st. Because <laughs> this is like I have the most amount of Christmas to celebrate yeah. starting today. Yeah, you you embody the this whole thing embodies the philosophy of the journey is more important than the destination. And, it really uh, is. The yeah. journey starts today. It's all about making memories, man. It's just like you take something great and then add 90 children like I have into it. And it's just... <laughs> It's just phenomenal. <laughs> it only gets better. It only gets better. I see uh, you've got your Christmas green behind you. I, sure I, I do. For, I forgot it was Christmas season because uh, I'm a normal person. I think you should. I think you should give it a try, man. I'm telling you. I've, <laughs> I, I was driving Archer to school. I'm like, let me tell you. You know, there's some people out there that wait like a month to start celebrating. <laughs> what, what was the look on his face? He was like, he just didn't understand it. Like broke his brain. He was like, what? Why would? <laughs> Why would they do that, Dad? I'm like, well, some people are stupid. <laughs> well, some, some people, people are, are sad stupid, and stupid. Well, uh, we've got a holiday celebration for all of you. It's a FOD, a fantastic FOD. Uh, it's going to be juicy. We've got some uh, exciting news, extra life updates. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, exciting subscription service updates, Friends of the Pod updates. And then, of course, we're going to talk some uh, episode seven of Campaign 2. Nice one with uh, a little uh, little uh, additions from our good friend, Professor Eric, and We Are Stupid. And Sweet. then uh, got a good listener mail. So let's let's get right into it. Uh, no. Yeah. No uh, hesitation here. I want to talk about Friends of the Pod. Last week, if you didn't, if you missed it, last Friday, we kicked off an adventure in the new Assassin's Creed RPG, and I really liked it. I don't know your your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, it really felt like Blades in the Dark. Like it's yes. a different mechanic, but it to me felt that was the most game it felt akin to was Blades in the Dark. Yes, which we and love. it also didn't feel like. I mean, I'm in the middle of Lies of P. We've talked about this. It yeah. is clearly in every way a Dark Souls knockoff. It is a clone of that style of game. They call it Souls like now. Yeah, Souls like. But in this, yeah, but I mean, this one is it's so blatant. Every little thing you find is is an ex- there's an exact analog over to something in the other game. That's not the case with this. This it has a feel kind of like Blades in the Dark, but it is not taking Blades in the Dark mechanics. No. Not by any stretch. It feels very di- you roll the same amount of dice every time. Your dice pool never changes. I love the dice system. But the way that it that the dice come together, you have you feel really uh clear 
on what is risky and what you have a good chance to hit. And, and you just feel this nervousness when you're forced to make a roll that you know there's like almost no chance you're going to make it. It's real, but you could yeah. because it's just about the dice pool, not about the math. So it's really fun uh, aspect. So uh, I've, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And we play part two this Friday night. Yeah. So that, that's right. going to air this Friday night. Already in the can. A lot of fun. Uh, it's great playing with Abu because we've never played with him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, he's been working with the network now for a couple of years and we never even, we only chat via email. And so him and I were chatting the last couple of months when this came up. Before I even knew that he was the voice of Bayek, I was like, oh, I'm hitting up Babu. This will be perfect. I know he's a big video game guy and he's been wanting to do some more stuff with the network. So uh, I'm just so glad it worked out. I'm always, yeah. I always assume people are going to be like, nah. You know, because everybody, especially he's like busy, you know, this is why I don't like bother Matthew Lillard. And he's like, dude, you can ask me to do anything. And I'm like, eh, I just assume you're busy. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, but if, if they happen to have the time, um, it seems and this is the, the vibe that I got from Abu is like he just really enjoyed playing with us. You yeah. know, like, we had a really good time because he, like us, thoroughly enjoys going all the way. Like yeah. just buying in fully, whether he's playing a video game or an RPG, he just dives in and does not like to half-ass it. And that is yeah. evident by uh, what you'll see this Friday. So uh, very excited for you guys to check that out. Let's go to Extra Life. Extra Life updates. Uh, that's this Saturday now. This Saturday, we're going live 24 hours, tons of video games. Some TTRPGs. Last week, we ha- gave you a little tease of what was to come, but we hadn't locked in some things. Do you feel good enough at this point to lock in some things? I'm going to give you the whole nine yards right fucking The whole John. Now. The whole okay. John. Okay, go. First thing you have to do, though, and a lot of people listened last week, but not everybody, because I know how many people downloaded the episode. Uh, <laughs> you got to go to our social media, find the link for our Extra Life page. If you don't want to start your own page, that's fine. Just go there, donate a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, three thousand dollars right now. Okay, I'll wait. Did you do that? Three thousand. Hold on. Done. I Perfect. just downloaded 3,000 to you. Um, and then what you want to do, if you want to take it a step further, go to extra-life.org, start your own uh, accounts free, and then set up a page to like collect donations for yourself. Put it on your Facebook, put it on your social media. Set a goal of like $100, $50, whatever, and join our team. Every dollar that you earn for yourself uh, goes to our uh, $45,000 goal as well. So once you do those things, strap in for 24, possibly 25 hours, because I just was informed by my wife that it's daylight savings this weekend uh which is uh everybody thinks oh yeah i get an extra hour of sleep not if you have kids it's much much worse but we're going to be starting off the day on saturday 11 4 8 a.m eastern three hours of joe o'brien playing liza p uh, <laughs> yeah dude I you mean, psyched to really you haven't sat down and knocked out three hours of this in one pop have you okay so no i have not and it's also I think it might end up going down as the hardest Souls-like game ever created, possibly. Wow. Possibly. I just, it is like unbelievably hard. And I've had now a couple sessions where the entire stream is one boss fight. Uh, and I, <laughs> I have finished them in those sessions. I've never gone a full session without beating it, but like, I mean, I'm talking an hour, hour and a half straight, just over and over again, the same boss. Wow. And I read something online that I don't know if it was just a, uh, um, what do you call it? A uh, uh, clickbait sort of thing. But it was like, 
why Lies of P is unfairly difficult or something like that. You know, uh, it just it feels very, very hard. Wow. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's certainly challenging. And I don't know, after three hours, I might just have such a pounding headache from rage <laughs> that uh, but it'll be entertaining at the very least. That's great, man. I can't wait to play that. Um, and then 11 o'clock till 2 p.m. Eastern, we're giving Sydney and Kate the keys to the car. And they're going to be doing something with The Sims 4. We'll be doing donuts in the parking lot. <laughs> Just doing donuts with our Corvette. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the hell it is. I, I didn't even know people still played The Sims 4. But uh, if you enjoyed their uh, Twitch takeover during Gen Con, I'm sure this is going to be three very watchable hours. Uh, and then your buddy Troy is going to be hopping on from 2 to 5 p.m. I'm going to be playing Baldur's Gate three uh i i played three sessions of it on uh, glass cannon labs in september like right when it came out for ps5 and that's it i haven't played since so i'm picking up right where i left off for glass cannon labs and uh and diving into three hours of that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited i haven't played any video games in like two and a half weeks like right when i got my surgery i played for a little bit like laying down and then i was like i don't want to do this anymore uh, i was playing uh starfield and uh, I'm like, shit, do I want to play Starfield now? That's kind of a personal game. I'll do Baldur's Gate. Honestly, if Call if uh, Call of Duty had come out, I would have been just jumping right in that, but it doesn't come yeah. out until the week after. And then 5 to 8 p.m., we're going to have a little D&D 5E. Uh, Paula Deming is going to be DMing for Cindy and Kate are back, and Ross Bryant and Jason Charles Miller. I, I mean, mean this, come on. This group has never been together. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's kind of amazing. Jason Charles Miller is like in the middle of a tour right now. He's going to be streaming from a hotel in the middle of nowhere, Washington state. Uh, and Ross was like, yep, I'm in. So really, really excited for that. And then eight to 10 just announced yesterday. We're going to be playing modern call of Cthulhu yet again. Brian Holland from Chaosium is going to be running a two hour one shot with me, you, Skid and Matthew. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if anybody caught. The uh, the cabin in the woods, uh, the bachelor party in the cabin uh, during Gen Con. Oh, the highlight of the con. Yeah. Yeah. Many people consider it the highlight of the con. So we asked Brian Holland to come back. He's all in for the charity. It's Sunday morning his time, <laughs> but uh, in Australia, and he's going to be running us live through a uh, a uh, Modern Cthulhu campaign or where whatever. The, where, where the Gen Con show was Modern Cthulhu Bachelor Party, I have a feeling this one might be Modern Cthulhu Spring Break. Uh, oh, really? Is that I what he not, said? not confirmed, but I know we're playing college students. I mean, must watch. A must watch. That's going to be our primetime slot from 8 to 10. And then 10 p.m. to 1 a.m., me and you and Mick D are going to be playing Gloomhaven. We do it every year now. This will be like our third year in a row uh, playing gloomhaven on extra life uh three hours of that and then 1 a.m to four or ish somewhere in there skid's gonna be playing jagged alliance three and a bunch of other stuff uh and then mcd finishes it out uh with we're calling it mario madness with mcd the uh the overnight shift where he's gonna like start with super mario brothers and just try to beat as many mario games as he can (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think he has super mario brothers down to like 24 minutes or something that's what he's saying in the green room Last week, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I like mean, that. it's going to be a, a hell of a day. And then we got the dungeon at 10 a.m. We'll switch over to the employee lounge. 24 hours, maybe more of gaming for a great cause. We're trying to raise $45,000. We've already got a couple grand in, which makes me – I like having a nice little cushion. I'd like an even better cushion, but I'm always – I always go in nervous, and then I'm shocked at how quickly we're able to – How uh, generous the nation is. Get yeah, those goals. Amazing. Yeah. So, let's And rock. hopefully bringing in, even, <clears throat> bringing in even more new people that weren't a part of this last year. Brian Holland. 
Holland. I don't believe Paula did. I mean, Paula played a little Gloomhaven with us, but I don't think she certainly didn't run a, a session, right? Uh, Jason Charles Miller, Ross Bryant, just bringing in these other folks to spread the reach a little bit. And, and yeah. hopefully they'll reach out to their people and say, like, hey, come on, help us out here. Let's raise money for a great cause. So very excited to have them participate. Uh, we, we had other people we really wanted to participate. Rob Kirkovich, Jared Logan, all these people had various commitments that made them unavailable. They were really disappointed to not be yeah. able to do it. Uh, but we're very, very thrilled with the cast that we have, and uh, it should be a great day. Also, we're going to be doing some giveaways throughout the day. Uh, Chaosium, I think, is going to do some giveaways during that stream. And I'm going to be, yet again, doing some personal giveaways to hit my personal goal of $9,000. Oh, uh, dirty in- pool. Including a special edition Max massive Nyarlathotep box set. <gasps> like the special edition one. I'm going to, that's wow. going to give away. So, uh, cause I, I, I need some help hitting that goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. And you know what? Last year I gave away like dice from my original collection, like dice that I used on Giant Slayer, but I'm so fucking bad at going to the post office. People didn't get them into like the spring. I'm giving these to McD to mail out immediately after the, uh, the stream ends. So awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, okay. One more piece of news before we get into the episode here, the subscription service. So, uh, we launched the new subscription service. If you haven't joined yet, jump over there as soon as you, as soon as you can, you can find information for it on our website. You can find uh, join the nation.com. You can find information on it on Patreon. If you, if, if you browse through those posts, you will see the post that gives you all the details for how to move over and carry your rate over to the new service and everything like that. So m- just be reminded that you want to to come over there as soon as possible because new and fun things are happening, including, I don't think you even know about this, the launch, uh, the official launch of the uh, Crit and Fumble web app for the new subscription service. It is ready to go, and uh, it launched yesterday, I think. As of this week, it's ready to rock. If you didn't get an email or you didn't see the post, go to our subscription service and look through the uh, the feed, and you should see it there. If you would like to submit something new for the new campaign, the new GCP campaign too, feel free. It's out there for you. Even if you submitted one before, go submit another one. Uh, and also, we'll be doing the the list i'm gonna do a town hall in november i'm gonna do the first town hall for the new service which is now available for everyone uh 25 and up uh now that the tiers and plans have changed uh so yeah now's the time to change over by you know somewhere beginning of next year patreon is is going to be done so it's inevitable that you're going to have to make this switch you might as well do it now um because uh, it'll really it'll really help us up for various reasons. I also know that some of our European listeners might be having some issues with payment processing with the new service, and that is something that it's it's not a glitch. That is something that is like. L- l- inter-country legal payment stuff that is out of our control. However, we are making moves on the inside to open up more options through the payment service. And uh, you should be seeing some surveys for that and stuff to we can figure that out over the next couple months. So don't worry if you're in Europe and you feel like all of a sudden you're going to get cut off from new Patreon content and you won't be able to move over to the new subscription service. Don't worry about it. We're working on it. We'll have time to fix that before uh, Patreon stops getting updated with new content. Okay, let's get into the Dish into very, the app. very quickly. The Midwest was a lot of fun. Yeah, I know. Like <laughs> I wanted to just like chit chat and hang about it, but uh, we're on a tight schedule. Today. I know we're on a tight schedule. The Valley. The, those shows were awesome. Those shows were awesome. Uh, did you see that I changed my background to Christmas? I did, man. You're, you're doing it. Merry you're, Christmas. I'm telling you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell your kids next time I see them. You know, 
Christmas starts on November 1st and your dad is just holding out. <laughs> oh, man. I like to concentrate it into intense, intense celebration for like three weeks, uh, you know, of which, geez, like it's so weird. It's so horrible. Every holiday season, I'm shocked at how often I'm not with my kids. I'm like, because I end up having all these plans. I got to go like do things. And I'm like, oh, I can't book every weekend in December going to do shit and see old friends and stuff and like not bring my kids along. It's this, this is, this time is for them. But it's also like, if you translate it over from my like twenties and, and even in when I, uh, yeah, my twenties really college and after was like, that was the time I would get together with old friends. It was like holiday times, you know? So, uh, trying to combine both of those is. It's kind of tricky. Anyway, no one gives a shit about that. Let's talk about episode seven. As long as you're at my Christmas party, because I've already sent the invites. (laughs) You already booked your date. Um, The Tree Stooges, episode seven uh, of of the GCP. Let's talk about a couple things here quickly. First, leaving an NPC, granted, a prisoner, an enemy, leaving an NPC behind, bound, and blindfolded, and alone in the middle of the wilderness, uh, which, you know, these kind of things have a tendency to happen at gaming tables, and they drive me fucking nuts because they <laughs> don't make any sense. Ultimately, it ends up being a hand wave because that's the only way you could just keep the thing moving without grinding the whole story to a halt. Tell me your thoughts on this stuff. My guess is you just don't care about these things at all. It's pretty close. To yeah. it, you know, if if I think it's relevant, then I'll care about it. Or you know, uh, maybe just have a an animal come maul it while you guys leave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I might do that just to punish you. Uh, I don't know. I haven't decided what I'm going to do, but in general, it's just like if it's not super important, I just I don't care. Is that what yeah. you want to do? Okay. In general, it's just annoying, and I'm always that guy at the table. <laughs> That's like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, we have to do something with this person, whether it's bringing them with us to the fort or just killing them. Like, I'm not saying that we have to save their life. This isn't about moral issues. It's just about, like, what would these people really do? Like, would they really do that? No, they wouldn't. And to me, it's immersion breaking is is the, the, the primary issue. But you also just have to hand wave some things in fantasy gaming in order to just play the game. And so I totally get that, too. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to throw it out there that I was like fucking <laughs> nails on a chalkboard to me when we do this kind of stuff. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. I also don't want to play her during the next portion of the adventure. <laughs> you know, I don't want to like play, even though I, I wouldn't have to roll to hit, which is an even greater pain in the ass. I just don't like having to like play that NPC. Yeah. That's yeah. an enemy of the party. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. one thing if it's like a little, uh, you know, a uh, razzmatazz or something, but uh, to have a, an enemy of the party just around constantly making mean comments isn't isn't as much fun. Razzmatazz was a lot of fun. <laughs> Special uh, time in our life. Okay, so then we get to a, a just a fantastic part. The old Wookiee prisoner trick <laughs> part uh, where we come to the front door of this thing with a plan uh, to deceive our way uh, into the front door to get an audience with Bolan by wearing the Oak Stewards masks and get-ups and pretending to be them. I want to play a little game with you here. I'm going to ask okay. you a series of yes or no questions. Okay? okay. I want you to be as honest as you're willing to be. But don't blatantly lie. Don't be a coward. I might lie. Long before this session was recorded, mm-hmm. when you were reading the adventure, did you presume that considering the ample defenses that are on the tree trunks and everything like that, that the group would most likely be walking through the front door? Yes. 
We talked about this briefly last week. That was a test because you already said that last week. <laughs> there were two. When we were discussing our deception plan, did you think it was a good plan? Um, I, no, neither yes nor no. You weren't I, uh, listening. Yeah, no, I, no, I was listening. <laughs> I was just trying to plan what I would do in uh, – uh, to oppose the plan, you know what I to mean? Or to, to play along with it or, or, you know, I'm just, as you're talking, I'm like formulating my plan because I don't really have a plan. I can't have okay. a plan. But there I was no point at which do. you were like, huh, this is ridiculous. And no, we'll no. Win. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but like, don't I get was ahead. Yeah. I was, right, I'll just move on. <laughs> as we approach, I was the hoping first... you just fight them. Like I, I wanted that you to come up and start yelling, and them to realize and just start firing down from range. Because now you guys have to close on them from far Let away. Let me finish. While this is the game range. is yes or no questions. As we That's approach and make contact with the first two oak stewards, did you believe this would quickly devolve into combat? Uh I guess yes. I mean, because that's what I was hoping for. I wanted right. that. I wanted them. I had. I just had it all planned out. I was like, I can't wait. If they just fuck up one thing, I can just start firing from range. And now you've got to race to the top while they have every advantage. You're never going to hit them until you're on the platform. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Horrible disadvantage. Yeah. Did you roll a deception check secretly on behalf of the party? I did, yeah. Clearly, at least one of those rolls was a success. At that point, did you see a successful deception roll and then employ Cucumber to, like, go sniffing around in order to get another deception roll? To, like, try to trigger another failure? I'm just trying to trigger the failure. I'm trying to trigger the fight is what I'm trying to do. You know what I mean? Like, when I brought Cucumber into the end of the previous episode, that was just, like... In the moment, improvisation, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be perfect because uh, then I'll have them s- smell them or whatnot. Um, so putting him out there was just a way to like, let's but just, then can we just fight, please? But then we had like a reason that like you would smell them and they would have been down there. And it was a pretty decent reason. So you do another uh, uh, secret deception role. Did that check's results surprise you? Yes, yeah. Oh, dude, all I wanted was to fight you. (laughs) All I wanted was there to be a fight, and then you guys could start exploring. And I just... So then this is the last question. After this surprising check sort of turned everything around on you, you went to a commercial break. Did you go to that break because you did not know how to move forward just yet with this combat not happening? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, when we take breaks... I'm feeling when you were like... Let's go to break. Like, you didn't tell us in the break. You weren't like, I don't know what to do. But you were just very quiet and you were looking down and you were like typing and, and like thinking and, and w- somebody went to the bathroom, et cetera. And like, you know, you came back and it was like you moved forward them letting us in. And I had a feeling it was like you needed that break. <laughs> Dude, you'd be you'd be so well, you wouldn't be surprised. But I think the audience would be surprised how little we cut out of episodes. I'm, I'm, I'm editing episode nine right now and I'm an hour in and I have two little cuts like we leave everything in and uh except for the breaks right and right. so sometimes they'll be like we'll be right back after this break we pause and we're back everybody we that's that's the break but i yeah. remember for this one i was like oh, we'll be right back for this <laughs> <laughs> just like really yeah i had a feeling it was you know, a little longer break than usual this is a great uh lesson though for gms not to get preachy it's like you may want to do something and you may think it's better and you can, you can do whatever you want. It's your, it's your game. 
But man, how fun is it to let the PCs really drive the action and, and force yourself to react to the dice, force yourself to like not just steamroll them with your ideas. Cause all I wanted was a combat and I just couldn't do it because of your role play and because of the deception checks. Um, and then it led to what I think was a much more interesting, um, scenario. Yeah. I, I agree lesson. with you. It is, it can be tricky. Sometimes you want to like go with what you think is going to be best and without going with what the dice say. And sometimes you are right there, but sometimes like take the risk and go with what the dice say, because I'll tell you what, in listening back, knowing what I know now, a little further down the way, it is so interesting the way that you played it right after we were like allowed to go through it in retrospect, like I didn't notice some of the things that you were saying that were very clearly pointed to, uh, you know, things that were going to happen in the future. And it was just really, really awesome to, uh, to listen back to that. And it, it, it's so much more interesting than a fight. So much more interesting. I, I felt like, yeah, uh, in the, in the re-listen. It's one of these things, like you say, you're going to, you're going to appreciate more in retrospect once you start to realize like the Uber situation. Uh, I, I think, I think I'm doing an okay job of really layering, uh, some stuff in there, but it's only because I really know the adventure. Uh, yeah. it's not like yeah, I'm you prepping did. Like this. at that I moment, really you know really it. knew it. You, you just casually spoke of things that are major things and, uh, it's really cool. Uh, and I mean, this kind of continues into the next part where, again, we're parlaying, but now it's with these strange fake creatures mm-hmm. and we're trying to lie to them and they're they're fine with it. They, they don't think that we're lying. They don't care. They just want us to leave Lucky so that they can torture. <laughs> it's I like mean, a whole different problem. It was, it's a whole yeah. different problem. Really messed up. I'm assuming this is off the top of your off the top of the dome to like yeah. leave one of us and we want to like mess with it. Um, yeah. At this point, I'm like, all right. You had your fun. Now we're going to fight. You're not going to, you're not going to get past them because the Oak Stewards have made it clean, clear that like they don't even want to go in there because they're weird. So, uh, you know, and by setting off the trap, you know, I'm just trying to raise the stakes as much as possible. And so that also didn't feel forced at all. It didn't feel like you're forced us into a combat at that point. Like, that felt right some options. <laughs> in line with those creatures. You know what yeah. I mean? It felt very much so what they would do uh, because they were so creepy and weird and uh, and and assholes, right? Like known at like kind of uh, the 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 write up of the the monster. It, you know, basically says they just like they hate all civilization. They torture people. Uh, they they just hate uh, any kind of. You know, whatever. They just mess with people wherever they can. Yeah, the so Grimples. I thought you played the, that well. The little Grimples, like, that's all they want the to grimples, do is so, yeah. so chaos. They don't like any accord whatsoever. All they want to do is so discord. And then the other thing was just, like, pure evil. Um, but, yeah, it, 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 it worked out well because, again, I don't want to force you into a combat. But I also be like, I got to I gotta draw a line in the sand. So I'm going to just give you an impossible choice and see at what point do you guys break. Um and I don't know, I, I, at the time, that whole episode, I remember being like, fuck, this is going to be an editing nightmare. I feel like I'm not, because I'm really doing so much of this extemporaneously and trying to really just react to what you guys did. I was just worried that it was clunky or that I was not, I was sending mixed messages. But, uh, as I edited and watched it back, I was, I was happily surprised at how, how smooth it seemed and how everything seemed, more importantly, how everything seemed to make sense yeah. based on everyone's choices. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a fun one, man. It was really fun. Had a little bit of everything. As, yeah, as we get into combat, we also see some of the first usage of the, uh, 
the oh my god, I'm blanking. Deviant Johns. Deviant Johns, yeah. And that was really fun and seeing Lucky's crazy Deviant John, like super scary. Yeah. And uh Brother Ramius busts out his and uh, it was it was really fun. And the backlashes, uh, you know those are gonna be fun if those Yeah, you know up. those are gonna be fun when they trigger. Uh all right, let's move it along to We Are Stupid because now we're gonna kick kinda into the Chucky combat. And Professor Eric had a few thoughts. So uh, let's let's okay. let's get into We Are Stupid. Uh Professor Eric, thank you for the write up. I apologize. I'm gonna cut some of these things because they're not rules related they're more just discussion topics um but i I really don't think we we need those right now i do want to talk about one kind of interesting topic where i I believe there were some there was some feedback from the nation on this uh people complaining about potentially talitha uh complaint about having to load or cock the crossbow um you know at the the start of the fight i don't know if you noticed this at all or saw this Uh, i don't know if it was i think it was a discord thing where people were mentioning it um the crossbows have been a thing for a very, very long time in our games where it's like that first action in combat, you know, especially if it wasn't drawn, is like, can you pull it off your back loaded? You know what I mean? Like, is it loaded on your back, a crossbow? And so she I didn't say take an no, action? Yeah, I believe she did take an action. Never complained about it. Never said anything about it. But yeah. other people were mentioning it. And I'm just curious your thoughts, how you like to run crossbows because i personally it's like they are not loaded when you pull them off your back i don't see how they could be loaded on your person i like to run it where my enemies never need to load it but you guys have to do as many actions as possible that's just my personal preference uh i think we had some crossbow action at uh the chicago show or the uh, st louis show i can't remember and uh you guys called me out on it i was like oh yeah. At the end of the day, we just have to be consistent about it. Like I have to make a ruling and that's it. And we both have to adhere to it. And I'm going to yeah. forget all the time. I'm going to forget. Um, but to me, I think it, you always have to load it. You can't walk around with a loaded crossbow unless you're like opening a door, right? Crossbows out and you load preload it. Right. And now it's loaded. But the idea of drawing a loaded crossbow just seems talk about immersion. Breaking. Right, right, right. To have a loaded crossbow. on your person and two free hands like doesn't make any sense to me having your crossbow out and loaded is fine i don't think you even have to say it's loaded if you say i have my crossbow out as we're walking around like in my hands then i would presume it's loaded yeah um so yeah anyway just just a minor thing there professor eric brings up an interesting thing this is extremely ticky tacky and i don't really care about it i don't think you care about it either but it brings up an interesting thing that i want to discuss buggles opening critical produce flame professor eric took umbrage with this because he said buggles had made a case during role play it was flavor role play but he had made a case about being actually bound not fake bound so that it looked as good as possible uh-huh. but it looked as because he figured he's got you know he can cast spells he doesn't really have to have uh his his hands free in that way well let me cut you over to uh demiplane here if i can get this work yeah here we go so i i brought up demiplane because he mentioned uh in the spell components chapter of the of the core uh the somatic section where it explains what a somatic component is It says specifically, you can use this component while holding something in your hand, but not if you are restrained or otherwise unable to gesture freely. It is an interesting thing, not necessarily in this case, I don't think, oh, we need to go retcon that. Yeah. But I do feel like you ha- we have to remember that if you're restrained at all, or if your gestures are impacted, that you can't just cast a spell with the somatic you know component and and that is raw written right in the right in the uh casting spells section there 
Well, you know, what's funny is restrained. It, it's, it's capital R restrained. You know, it's not, uh, you can do it when you're grappled, but restrained is a condition in Pathfinder. And I assume they're using that. It's, even though they don't have a capital R, I assume that's what they didn't have a capital R, which made it me think that there was some interpretation allowed there, you know, because like, what does that, yeah. what does that really mean? Um, in our case, I don't think Skid knew that. And at the end of the day, he imposed a role playing thing on himself that had a solution that didn't break the game. No, hundred you know percent. I mean? In fact, I don't want to even talk about it anymore. What I, I do want to, <laughs> well, what I want to say is like, what if we bound a prisoner that was a spellcaster and walked them around? Wouldn't we say that they shouldn't be able to cast spells? Like, wouldn't we bind them in such a way so that they couldn't? Yeah, right. You, rest- you restrain them, tie them up, and then they can't. Yeah, cast we just have to make sure we're defining like when you are capital R restrained uh, versus not. So anyway, uh, Eric has no problem with how it all went down. He, he he says rule of cool. This is definitely the way to go. However, it's something to keep in mind. So uh, thank you for that. Um, also, on that critical produce flame, there's persistent damage that goes along with it. Another thing to keep in mind is that uh, – and this is something that, like, I, I know, but I think we, we have – t- other people have a tendency to forget from time to time. But when you're taking persistent damage and it's 1d4, you roll the d4 every time you take the persistent damage. You don't roll it once and say that is the damage you take each round, right? Yeah, I think this is a Skid and Matthew thing. I think they – Yeah, th- they have it in their heads that you roll 1d6, yeah. it's a 4, and now you take no. 4 persistent every round. You just say you take 1d4 persistent damage, and then every turn you it's roll it. the d4. <laughs> Every yeah. Turn. Yeah. So for people that are new to Pathfinder, I just wanted to mention that, uh, explain that rule because there does seem to be some confusion within yeah. our own table about how I don't call people on it because it's like it, it, there's a lot else going on and I don't feel like correcting people, but we want to make sure we correct people between sessions on that because it is a little annoying. Like, especially if you roll a four out the gate, then you're getting max damage every time when that's not what it's supposed to be. And sometimes I just let it slide. Um, but other times, you know, it'd just be good to make sure people know that. Totally. Uh, okay. And then last one. This is a good one. Oh, man. Lucky having to use two actions to pick up two weapons. In this case, you used one action. I think you, you let it happen. You're like, yeah, just, just pick it up. Um, this is an interesting discussion point because this is a, where you're choosing to go against the raw. Uh, correct? Like you're choosing to house rule. I didn't know the raw. Okay, so um, the raw uh, again. Let's let's see if I can. Uh, I mean, share I didn't this. invoke the raw. I just no, no. Yeah. I, I get it. Th- th- again, these are not like we are stupids as much as like we need to have decisions on this so that we stay consistent going forward. There's a whole section on wielding items, how it all works, but basically, uh, there's a table here. Changing equipment. The first line is draw, put away a worn item, or pick up an item which is what uh, a lot of people consider to be, you know, the, the primary thing here. It is an interact action to do so. So in some games, including in Blood of the Wild, uh, uh, Jared rules that if you are a two-weapon fighter or two-weapon ranger fighter, you use one interact action to draw both weapons. He just thinks that that's how fast you'd be trained to do that. A lot of home games do this, according to Professor Eric. It's very routine for fighters to pick up a sword and shield as one interact action, Mm -hmm. having each one be an action. And then you have to get up means after you're unconscious, you you lose an entire round, essentially just getting back to fighting form. Some people think that that's too punishing. Other people think that that's what the rules intend. Uh, 
what do you think? What, what, how would you like to try to do this going forward? Uh, is it each thing is an interact action or can you just get yourself together with one interact action? What is the, uh, little, uh, cliff note there not cliff note but uh uh the cliff note is if oh this is a tough one if you (laughs) retrieve a two-handed item with only one hand you still need to change your grip before you can wield or use it meaning if you drop a great sword they're saying it's two interact actions to pick it up then put the other hand on it to be able to fight again with it yeah so even if you're picking up one item that's two-handed you still need two interacts to get it fight ready again yeah, I mean, to me, it seems like the intention of the rule is two actions. I think you and I agree on that. Other people may disagree. Um, I but, think so. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things that, like, in the moment, I probably wouldn't uh, hold someone over the coals for it. But ideally, like, if there's a rule, I'd like you to play the rule. I'd yeah. like you to know the rule. And then I'd like you to play the rule. And and in that case, yeah, you, your options are like be out of the fight for another round because I'm going to do this or just pick up one weapon and start banging. And the next round, use an action to grab the other one. Um, I, I'd, I'd prefer to do it that way. But like if it's going to ruin someone's time and, and sometimes we're in the heat of the moment, I'm not going to be too crazy about it. But ideally, I'd like, like people to police themselves a little bit on those things. Yeah. You know, especially in the moment. It's like, I grab my weapons. I do this. And I hit it. It's like, all right, actually, you only have one action. Right. Left. And we have to tell them not to do it. And if, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, I, it's a fine fucking line. It man. is a fine fucking line. Dude. And if you're at a home game, it's totally different than what we do. Um, let know. me point out, uh, last line of Professor Eric's, uh, comment on this. Cause he sounds like he likes to go with the raw. And his comment is, in my opinion, playing it by the raw is a large part of the incentive towards healing people before they get knocked out. Or for that person to switch to defensive play if they're getting low rather than just being like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm low, but it doesn't matter if I get knocked out, I'll just get healed and then I'll be right back in the fight. Like, Especially if you're a two weapon fighter or a two handed. Yeah, you want to be fight. incentivized to think about how challenging this is going to be if you go unconscious. And I'm incentivized as the healer to not let you go down first and then start healing, you know, so. Yeah, man, people are going to learn some hard lessons, I think, as the game continues. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Uh, all right, let's cut it to a quick listener mail. Uh, Nick will sing us in here. Mm. And then we're going to call it a day. It's time for It's time for Listen to me Gotta get your brain up on it Time to listen to me <laughs> All right, a real quick one here, and it's so funny, Troy, because you just kind of brought it up naturally during the show. Our, our buddy Casual Tuna from Twitch wrote in with a question. Uh, hey, it's your old pal Casual Tuna here. Love the new Glass Cannon Podcast campaign, too. It's been great so far. I love how smooth the first combat with the Gorgas went. Everyone knows what to do. Even Joe helps <laughs> with light and heals. And then, of course, Casual Tuna has to remind me, minimum healing. Is there a lot of edits involved in these combats, or is everyone just doing their homework and studying their character sheet a little bit more thoroughly this time around? Troy, you were the one editing these episodes. Are you cutting a lot of combat stuff to make combat seem smoother? No, no, I'm, I'm really not cutting out a lot. Um, and it's because we're really, really good at this. Uh, <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting good at this, and we're first level. I read something recently. I don't want to blow anybody up. This dumb website, and they were talking about actual plays. And it's like they record talking about some actual play that records, you know, hours and hours and cuts 
you yeah. know, hours and hours. And I'm like, oh, well, that is, that's one way to make a show. What, what we're all trying to do here and what I've always tried to do is like keep the experience as true to the experience of a home game as possible. And part of that is, is keeping in so much more than you would from like a regular TV show. I think that's what makes this a different art form than serialized television or, or even a Saturday Night Live where there are, scripts is that like you're 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 keeping that breath in there you know you and i've had other people try their hand at editing episodes and it's just they they take all the air out and you need some of that that air in there you know it's different when someone is like struggling with math and it's bad radio and nobody nobody else is doing anything yeah maybe i'll pull that up but we've learned over time as we become a bit of a troop to Oh, someone is struggling. Let me come in with something, whether it yeah, be fill like that air. Yeah. you fill that air with something, not just fluff, but with like a, it could be a zinger. It could be like a, Hey, let me ask you a question about that. You know, we just, we become so good at that, uh, you know, feeling each other around the table, um, that it makes these edits a, a hell of a lot easier. You know, I'm watching every episode twice at this point because I'm doing the audio edit and then Francis goes and does the video and I watch the video and, and, and every time I've watched the video, I've never made another cut. Uh, I might change a, a camera angle here. I'm like, oh, let's go to this camera instead of this one, or like start that cut a little bit earlier. But I, 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 I'm, I, I feel very good with the with the flow of that, and that's just letting things breathe. You feel like you're really a uh, fly on the wall watching people play the game. Yeah, I mean that was our intention from the beginning. That's how we wanted it to feel like a real game, like you were there at the table. And I, I, I hope we're succeeding in that. And yes, it does feel to me like things are smoother. Level one helps. Also, people had a lot more time with these characters before we began recording. That helps. And uh, like you said, we're getting better and better as a group in chemistry to put on a show. So yeah, that's all coming together. So yeah, very very light editing, as Troy said in the beginning. Even some of the breaks, we don't even take real breaks. We just say we'll be right back after this break. <laughs> And then just start talking again. So uh, we're, we're keeping it pretty tight because we also have to, you know, keep things moving while we're recording. Speaking of keeping things moving, that's going to do it for today. Uh, uh, I want to say quick one, but we actually got into it there in uh, We Are Stupid, which is fun to, like, kind of dig into those rules. I, I love it. Thank you, Professor Eric. Thank you to Casual Tuna for the questione. Uh, big week this week. Watch Assassin's Creed on Friday night. Uh, we've got Glass Cannon Podcast Episode 8 tomorrow. And uh, Extra Life all day Saturday and into Sunday. Hang out with us there, please. Can't wait to hang out more. L- lots of live stuff this weekend. We'll see you there, guys. Bye. Have a holly jolly Christmas. And in case you didn't know. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at jointhenation.com. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival. 
the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale, it's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.